podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Today, we're going to cover the pitching matchup of Luis Castillo against Yuri Perez last night as the Mariners lost 4-1 to to the Miami Marlins. We'll recap yesterday's game, talk about the pitching performances, uh, talk a little bit about the bats and how my perception is that the bats were a bit unlucky in this game. Perez did pitch well, but uh, calling the Mariners offense inept because of this game, I think is erroneous. Uh, Mariners did win the series. And then we will preview the pitching matchups or just talk real quickly about the Chicago White Sox upcoming series on starting on Friday night. So what happened in this game? Uh, Mariners lost 4-1. Miami Marlins had six hits. Uh, Mariners had four hits. Marlins made three errors in this game. Uh, really, it would, the headliner of this game was the pitching matchup of Luis Castillo against Yuri Perez. Yuri Perez, for those who haven't seen him, is probably the best young starting pitching prospect in the game. Uh, 6'8", 220. He pitched uh, extremely well in this game against the Mariners, uh, maxed out at 99.6 on the fastball, averaged 97.8 on his fastball, also through slider, changeup, and curveball. Um, he just, Yuri Perez is a phenom, and I think I will dig into it a little more, but what was most impressive to me in watching Yuri Perez was not just his stuff or his size, but it really was the fact that he has a very good idea as to <clears throat> how to pitch already at 20 years old. And you can see that in uh, the location uh, and uh, pitch selection against the Mariners. I, I walk away even more impressed uh, by Yuri Perez than I was coming into the game. That said, the Mariners had opportunities and could have won. Uh, Luis Castillo only went five and two thirds innings, but he he pitched very well as well. Uh, gave up one run on a wild pitch and another run on a uh, mistake to uh, Jorge Soler in the top of the sixth inning. His velocity was up slightly on the fastball, 0.7 miles an hour over his yearly average. His stuff looked good. He had to shake off a little bit of uh, early game wildness. But uh, Castillo ended this game 4-5 uh, and five, uh, with a 2.73 ERA. He did take the loss. He threw 101 pitches in five and two-thirds innings, so not very economical. So five and two-thirds, two hits, two runs, both were earned. Six walks, which is very uncharacteristic of Luis Castillo, and six strikeouts. He threw 15 first-pitch strikes to 24 batters. I don't think that was necessarily the issue, but uh, struggled at times. Yuri Perez ended up. Uh, going six innings, two hits, no runs, uh, one walk, six strikeouts. He moved to four and one, now has a 1.80 ERA. So let's dig into this game. Um, top one, Luis Arise led off and uh, walked on five pitches. Uh, Luis Castillo threw sinker and then um, and then all fastballs. Only one pitch to Arise was in the strike zone. And so if you think about how the Mariners approached Luis Arise in the first two games of this series, they really did challenge him, not worried about uh, 
any power coming from Arise and letting him kind of uh, hit the ball wherever he's going to hit it, knowing he does make a ton of contact. So the fact that uh, Castillo couldn't find the zone against Arise was was telling for me, given the Mariners' uh, approach that had been successful up to this point in time. So Arise is on first, no outs. Jorge Soler walks on six pitches. Uh, Castillo went up 0-2 on Soler. And then he went, then he went uh, sinker low and inside to go to one two, and then two sliders both in the dirt to go to three two. I do like the approach of the slider running in at the feet of the uh, right-handed batter, and then two sliders away. But Soler didn't budge; pitches weren't that close. And then the fastball up and out of the zone for ball four. Uh, again, nice idea. That fastball top rail, I don't think Jorge Soler would have got gotten to, but um, it was a ball. So first and second, no outs. Uh, then Brian De La Cruz struck out. Garrett Cooper struck out. Jesus Sanchez grounded out to second. So it was not a particularly uh, economical inning for Luis Castillo. He escaped without giving up any runs. Uh, as 26 pitches in the first for Castillo, which I think set the tone for the rest of the game. Bottom one, J.P. Crawford had a really nice seven-pitch walk. Uh, he fouled off two of the three pitches that he saw. Very nice at-bat. This is the type of at-bat that I think we've seen from J.P. quite a bit. Uh, it's the type of at-bat that we wish he took when he chases early in the count. Um, but beautiful at-bat again, seven-pitch seven walk. Julio chases the first pitch to foul out to the catcher. It was a fastball that was up and a little bit out of the zone at 99 miles an hour. It was a slight chase, but my issue with it is that JP just had a seven pitch at bat. If you start to stack at bats where you're seeing a lot of pitches, you can really get to the pitcher early. And Julio chasing kind of neutralizes um, the previous at bat by JP. I know I've said that's that's his approach. I know I've talked about not wanting to change Julio, uh, but in this instance, it was glaring that. So between the two first two Mariners hitters, Yuri Perez threw eight pitches, average four pitches per at bat. But had Julio gotten deeper into the count, um, that would have looked a lot different. So again, he fouls out. Ty France four pitch strikeout, and then Taylor Hernandez uh, three pitch fly out to center field. What was uh, of importance in this at-bat is that he was robbed um, by Jonathan Davis, the center fielder, uh, of a home run. 34-degree launch angle, was 104 miles an hour off the bat. It was a middle-middle slider that he hit. Traveled 400 feet, and the XBA on this batted ball event was 720. Uh, So... Taylor Hernandez got really unlucky. This was one of the opportunities the Mariners had, or the first of a couple that the Mariners had off of Yuri Perez where they could have scored. Uh, very unlucky for Teo. Again, um, he looks to be hitting the ball super hard. Definitely a threat at the plate, uh, but really nice defensive play by um, by the Marlins center fielder, Jonathan Davis, to rob him of a home run. So Mariners would have gone up 2-0 on this uh, potential home run. Instead, it's remains 0-0, 15-pitch inning for Yuri Perez, bottom one. 
Top two, Luis Castillo, one, two, three, Segura, Fortes, and, and John Birdie, 12 pitches, um, so 38 pitches total so far. Bottom two, Mariners come up. Jared Kelnick, five-pitch strikeout. Uh, tough at-bat for him against Perez, but again, he's seeing a lot of breaking stuff. He did have two fastballs to hit in this at-bat, um, the last of which, pitch five, was a low and inside fastball for a called strike three. Uh, the fact that he took a low and inside fastball for a called strike three says to me that he was looking um, he was looking off speed and you can't really blame him given uh, the pitches that he's seen over the last month or so. Uh, Eugenio Suarez hit the first pitch that was a belt high fastball to fly out to left field. Cal Raleigh uh, had an eight pitch um, strikeout to end the inning. Uh, four of them were fastballs that were belt high or higher. And three of them, three of them were changeups that were outside or in the dirt. And then one of the, the one of the eight pitches was a curveball, um, a bottom rail that was fouled off. What I have in my notes for Cal's eight pitch K is that Yuri can pitch. Uh, for a twenty year old to be able to spot his fastballs belt higher, higher, and to spot his changeup and curveballs lower, and to change eye movement in that way and have an understanding of pitching uh, in that sense that he didn't throw a low fastball to Cal Raleigh who can hit low fastballs, that he didn't hang a curveball or a changeup. Um, just says that he has a really good command already of his pitches and that he has a, a very good understanding or was coached very well as to how to pitch. I just, I think it was that particular at bat was the first one where I really walked away saying, all right, this dude is is the real deal. Uh, 14 pitch inning for Yuri in the uh, bottom of the second there. Top three, Jonathan Davis, two pitch single. Uh, Luis Arise flew out to center. Jorge Soler, uh, seven pitch walk. So first and second and one out. De La Cruz grounded into a four six uh, fielder's choice. So first and third, two outs. You think that. Castillo's going to be able to get out of this. He's facing Garrett Cooper, who has not been a threat to the Mariners pitching as of yet, other than the home run he hit off of, I believe it was Justin Topa. Um, and Luis Castillo bounces a slider to Jonathan Davis uh, for a wild pitch, scoring, uh, or excuse me, bounces a slider to Cooper, sl- scoring Davis. Um, kind of an ugly wild pitch. Uh, not a big deal, obviously, top of top three, but um, a place where you would want Ca- to see Castillo uh, be able to strike out Garrett Cooper, which eventually he did on pitch five. So far through three innings, Luis Castillo has already thrown 55 pitches. Bottom three, Mike Ford, uh, two pitch ground out to the third baseman. The pitch that he hit was a middle middle fastball at 97 I have in my notes that this was a big miss I think this was an opportunity for Ford to do damage there weren't a lot of middle middle pitches from Yuri Perez and this is one that I that he should have been able to hit hard uh Caballero came up next flew out to center field uh first pitch was a fastball that was belt high but outside and it was a strike that was actually called a ball. This was the first sign that the the home plate umpire was not seeing very well. Uh, there were a number of these. Uh, the commentators definitely pointed out how poor the uh, umpiring was in this game. Then Caballero took a slider 
uh, that, that was low and inside um, for strike two. So 0-2 got a fastball that he middle up that he hit to fly out. Uh, but that strike one call was an egregiously um, bad call. I think I said that it was a ball or a strike and called a ball. It's actually called a strike, but it was outside. Sorry to to take the count to 0-2. And then JP had an eight-pitch fly out to right field. Uh, very productive at bat despite the out by JP Crawford. Uh, he saw one change up and then he saw seven fastballs and six of those seven fastballs were in the zone. Um, again, I don't think Yuri Perez felt threatened by JP Crawford, which is why he just started pumping fastballs in the zone. Top four, Jesus Sanchez, six pitch strikeout, uh, four fastballs that were up and away and two changeups that were one, two changeups. One was low and one was away. Uh, definite plan for Jesus Sanchez. I love seeing Sometimes the the process is right and the result was wrong. In this case, the result was what uh, Castillo wanted. But it's really good to see him be able to execute a plan. It's a lot of what I've harped on with Logan Gilbert, Bryce Miller, and Brian Wu, is that you you can't always recognize the plan that they have because of where they're locating their pitches. Obviously, with George Kirby, because of his command, you can see it as well. But uh, Castillo clearly had settled in, and you could see the plan. Um, in this particular at bat. Uh, so one out top four, Gene Segura, five pitch fly out to center field. And then Nick Fortes, um, first pitch slider that was up and in, he popped out to tie France, much needed 12 pitch inning from Castillo bottom four, uh, Julio two pitch ground out to third base change up. First pitch was a change up that was low and in on the corner for a swinging strike one. And then Yuri doubled up on the changeup that was middle, but low and out of the zone. Um, and Julio chased it. Uh, again, he's attacking early. Uh, most of the time I like that, but this was a pitch that was not in the zone. Attacking in zone makes sense. Attacking out of the zone doesn't. Uh, Ty France, six pitch fly out to left field. Uh, of note in this at bat was that this was, uh, Savant had this batted ball event as a 450 XBA. I think this was another another example of a well-hit ball off of Yuri Perez where the Mariners got unlucky. There's more of that to come. Teo then hit a double on a uh, fastball that was middle down, 106 off the bat to right field. Uh, Teo Hernandez can hit fastballs, boy. And again, you see him, a lot of hard hit balls coming off of his bat. So runner on second to away, uh, Jared Kelnick struck out on five pitches. All of them were below the belt. Sequence was changeup, curveball, slider, curveball, changeup. So seeing a ton of off speed, nothing, nothing straight, nothing hard. Um, and he looks pretty perplexed right now. Uh, maybe that's not the right word. I don't know if he's confused or he's just not able to hit it, but. Um, he's going to have to continue to make adjustments to breaking stuff before he sees fastballs again. Uh, Yuri was still very uh, economical with his pitches, 17 pitch inning, bottom four, but only 59 uh, through four innings for Yuri Perez. Top five, John Birdie walks on five pitches. Uh, the fifth pitch was a sinker that was bottom rail uh, that was called a ball. It was clearly a strike. Should have been a 3-2 count. Instead, it was a walk. But then Jonathan Davis 
flew out to right field. Uh, Birdie got doubled up at first. Uh, and then Luis Arise for a pitch strikeout, nice, which was a really nice, um, well-pitched at bat by Castillo. All three pitches were on the rail to strike him out. So 80 pitches through five for Luis Castillo. Bottom five, Eugenio Suarez flies out to center field. Uh, this was a leaping catch by Jonathan Davis at the wall. Wasn't robbed of a home run, but certainly a beautiful catch. XBA on this was 570. Uh, in theory, if he would have doubled, which the odds said that he would have, Cal Raleigh came up, four-pitch double, uh, 102 off the bat, 670 XBA. So this would have been a run for the Mariners had uh, Jonathan Davis not made that beautiful leaping catch. Uh, Mike Ford struck out on seven pitches, and then Jose Caballero um, flew out to right field. So 20-pitch inning for Perez. Uh, starting to see balls hit harder off of him, 79 pitches through five. Top six score at this point in time was 1-0 Miami. Uh, Jorge Soler on the third. So first pitch was a sinker that was low and outside corner. It's borderline. Could have been called a strike. It was called a ball. Excuse me. Should I believe that was actually a strike. And then change up low and in that was called a strike. So... Your 0-2 against Solaire. Um, in this instance, this is what I've been calling for the Mariners to waste some pitches, right? Luis Castillo has good enough control that, um, excuse me, it was 1-1. That's my bad. Uh, so 1-1 count. Jorge Solaire gets a fastball that was just below the belt and just outside but still a strike, not on the rail, still a strike. And he hit a bomb to center field. It was four, 409 feet total, 920 XBA. Um, but this was a mistake. And knowing that um, Jorge Soler is the one hitter in this lineup that does a ton of damage, throwing a fastball to him in this count, uh, in my mind, is a blatant mistake. I would have liked to have seen another you know, sinker low and in, maybe waste a, a slider, low and outside, just anything that is not a fastball in the zone. Um, I don't know if if Castillo was not trying to hit the zone with this fastball, but um, again, this was a mistake to me. So 1-1 one, one count, hits a home run to center field. Marlins are up 2-0. Uh, De La Cruz, four-pitch fly out to left field. Uh, Garrett Cooper, seven-pitch walk. Jesus Sanchez, three-pitch uh, pop to the third baseman. Gene Segura walks on a sinker and then three fastballs that were all way outside. So Matt Brash ends up coming in for Castillo at this point in time. Five and two-thirds innings for Luis Castillo. Six walks, 102 pitches. Not his greatest work, but not a horrible outing uh, from Castillo. And then Matt Brash strikes out Nick Fortes on six pitches. Bottom six, J.P. Crawford, six-pitch strikeout. Again, you can live with that, um, getting deep into, into counts. Yuri Perez is still in the game. Uh, this is what you want to see from your leadoff hitter. Julio, four-pitch flyout to left field, um, 480 XBA off the bat. Um, again, Mariners getting a little bit unlucky. Uh, this usually is a base hit. 
about half the time. Um, Ty France ends up grinding out the third. Uh, to end the sixth, this was the last batter that Yuri Perez faced. Ends up 93 pitches for Yuri Perez. Six innings, two hits, one walk, six strikeouts. A really nice outing. Again, there was opportunities for the Mariners. Um, Teo Hernandez was robbed of a home run in the top, in the bottom of the first. Uh, Eugenio Suarez was robbed of a double in the bottom of the fifth. Um, Cal Raleigh would have driven him in on his double after Suarez's at-bat um, had it not been an out for Suarez. And then Julio's um, fly out to left field was also half the time a base hit. The only other events of note in this game, once the Marlins went up 2-0, was bottom nine. Mariners had some opportunities. Uh, at this point in time, it was 4 nothing, Miami. But Eugenio Suarez came up with the bases loaded. Hard hit ball to right field off of A.J. Puck. It was 98-1 off the bat, 372 feet, 450 XBA is a really amazing catch by Jesus Sanchez at the wall, robbing Eugenio Suarez of a game-tying grand slam. Um, great catch. Doesn't – looks impressive, doesn't look – you know, it's not 100% highlight reel, but it's one of those catches where you see the outfielder miss the ball all the time. Um, super clutch. Obviously, Suarez was was uh, disappointed, but – Again, beautiful catch by by Sanchez. This is the third catch in this game by a Marlins outfielder that robbed the Mariners of runs. Um, one would have been a double. Two would have been home runs. Game would have looked completely different without these catches. And then Cal Raleigh came up and flew out to right field to end the game. Uh, and this his batted ball had a 580 XBA. So... There are folks post game that were talking about the Mariners only scoring one run in this game and losing four run four one to the Marlins. This is not reason to panic or say that the Mariners offense um, is poor. Obviously, I named I think or called out five different batted ball events where the Mariners um, the odds were that the Mariners would have had a base hit or scored runs in that instance. Miami was positioned well in this game, um, made some really nice plays in this game. So if a couple, one or a couple of those go your way, all of a sudden it's a tie game, right? The Mariners are in it. Uh, Yuri Perez did execute when he needed to, and and the Mariners ran into what I would call a future National League Cy Young Award winner. And Luis Castillo was off his game a little bit um, as far as his command and control. So is this reason for panic? No, like it's one game. Mariners have been scoring a ton of runs. Mariners have been hot the last couple of games. Um, they were still hitting the ball hard here. It was just they got a little bit unlucky. So my opinion, uh, stay the course. Keep rolling the lineup out. I think it's interesting. We're not seeing very much of Colton Wong. We're seeing a lot of um, Jose Caballero. Obviously, J.P. Crawford has settled into that leadoff spot and is very comfortable there. I like that, too. Taylor Hernandez is hitting the ball hard. Ty France is hitting the ball hard. Mariners are in a good spot offensively um could they use another bat I think they can I think they will go out and find one but I'm not worried about their ability to score um as of right now 
So this brings the Mariners to 33 and 34, nine games behind the Texas Rangers, and they're five games out in the wild card race. Mariners are four and six in their last 10, but are showing signs of improvement and have a, a run differential of plus seven as of right now. The Chicago White Sox come to town uh, tomorrow. They're currently 30 and 39 and five and a half games out of first place in the AL Central. Uh, White Sox are facing the Dodgers tonight. Mariners have an off day. Dylan Cease against Michael Grove. Um, and then we'll fly to Seattle to face the Mariners Friday. Friday's matchup is Michael Kopech, uh, flamethrowing right-handed starter for the White Sox, who struggled with um, inconsistency in his career, but uh, it still has dynamite stuff against Brian Wu. That's a 7-10 start. And then two afternoon games, Lucas Giolito against uh, Logan Gilbert at 110 on Saturday, and then Lance Lynn against Bryce Miller, 110 on Sunday. So Mariners are hanging in there. Um, again, I think that this series and the previous series shows that the Mariners offense is starting to round into form. Um, you would like to see more from Julio, as I've said. Uh, the approaches are still up and down from a lot of the Mariners hitters, but um, they are scoring runs with the exception of this game. They probably should have given the uh, XBAs on a lot of these hard hit balls. We will be back tomorrow with a preview of this White Sox series. We'll talk about, uh, we'll do a deep dive on Michael Kopech, um, talk about what the Mariners are facing Friday night, and uh, and then be back Saturday and Sunday with game recaps of the previous game. So once again, this is the Mariners cast. Appreciate you listening. Uh, we are brought to you by Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Take care. Peace.